This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus four four one two seven three seven three three four three three. Or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Alternatively, you can talk to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be more than happy to help. Now, today I'm joined by Brendan Kane, who is a digital strategist and author of a new book, One Million Followers, How I Built a Massive Social Audience in 30 Days. Can't wait to get on to that one. Brendan, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm very, very well. Now, you're over in, is it Los Angeles? Yep, in sunny California. Fantastic. I'm over in very dark, Christmassy Brighton at the moment. I, won't go into, I normally ask people what the weather's doing, but I, th- I think I'm going to stop doing that because otherwise this <laughs> is going to become a scientific meteorological podcast, and it's not. It's about internet marketing. So um, start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I've been in digital for about 15-plus years, and my background is a little bit different in the fact that I have pretty much touched every aspect of digital leaders because I'm of the mindset They don't want to be constantly testing, trying new things and challenging myself. So I started off in the entertainment industry, managing digital divisions for two movie studios, overseeing the theatrical releases of films from 15 to $100 million budgets and helping craft the digital marketing strategy for those films, which also led me to working directly with actors, directors and producers on how to further syndicate their brand online. And from there, after working in the entertainment industry and in the corporate political struggle on that daily basis. I knew I wanted to really uh, pursue a career as an entrepreneur and try that out. So I left working in the entertainment industry and started building technology platforms for major media companies. So I was building, for example, advertising platforms, website building applications, and licensing them to companies such as MTV, Yahoo, Vice, and Viacom. And those partnerships then opened up the opportunity to work with some of the largest celebrities in the planet. So for example, through the joint venture partnership with MTV, I was able to build technology platforms for Taylor Swift and her team. I was able to build a technology platform uh, for Rihanna, which was a, a really strong learning experience and working with people at the highest levels. From there, I branched off and helped build one of the largest social paid optimization firms in the world where we were optimizing social spend for Fortune 500 companies, brands, and corporations on uh, the social platforms. We started off leveraging the TrueView ad unit on YouTube and then diversified to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. And then from there, uh, it was a really eye-opening experience in building that company because we would constantly have brands and corporations come to us with a piece of content and say, hey, we just spent a million dollars producing this piece of content. Now we want to spend another million dollars promoting it to a specific audience or a demographic. And when you would ask them, well, how do you know that this piece of content is going to resonate with this audience to the tune of risking millions of dollars? Nine times out of ten, they wouldn't have the analytics or data to support that decision. And that was a recurring theme that I would see over and over again. And for a huge corporation, yes, you can fail multiple times at large dollar amounts and the company can still move forward and succeed. But I thought there's got to be a better way to go about that because not everybody has huge budgets to really risk that. So I left working on that company and spent about three and a half years 
building a set of testing methodologies and predictive calculations on top of the Facebook and Instagram platform that would really allow me to test content at scale and really learn what content formats, themes, and stories resonate with specific audiences so that you can really generate uh, learnings of what content, the way to package your content so that it effectively reaches your core audience in a powerful way and generates the intended response that you are looking for. So I went back to the brands and corporations and, and also celebrities and athletes uh, with that system and started testing with it. And I was seeing a lot of success with it. And then I thought, okay, that's great for a huge celebrity, a huge brand or huge corporation. But what about the rest of us? What about people starting from scratch, starting from zero? Because my entire career had been built upon working with people at the highest levels. And I really wanted to understand, well, what could be done for somebody starting from scratch or even somebody in the very beginning stages or even mid-level that are trying to jump up to that next level. And that's where the idea came from of running an experiment on, on myself and everything that I learned that allowed me to eventually create a million followers in 100 countries in less than 30 days. And that presumably was the birth of the book. Yeah, so that was the, the, the birth of, of the book. I wanted to do book, a book for years, but I knew I lived uh, about two and a half years, three years uh, in the world of journalism. So Katie Couric, one of the most prominent journalists here in the United States, was making a transition from television to film. And she came to me because she was struggling to make that decision or that transition. Because when you're on television as any type of person, whether it's a, a journalist, news broadcaster, or somebody on any type of show, television has a habitual nature built into it where people are basically tuning in the same time every day to hear your message, to consume your content. Yeah. It becomes a part of your daily routine versus with digital platforms, Every piece of content that you're pushing out, even if you have a large social following, you're fighting against all of the noise. So when Katie Kirk made that transition from television to digital, she was struggling with that. So I had to basically restructure the art of the interview for digital platforms and proceeded over the course of three years testing 100,000 variations of creative hook points and headlines. And that's where I really got immersed in the world of how to, to, to really create effective headlines and hook points. And that's where the hook point for a million followers came from is just through constantly testing and iterating. And from there I knew that it was really a catchy hook point that could get people and grab people's attention so that I can really teach them on a deeper level how to be successful on social and digital platforms. So you've had a really varied career. It sounds like you sort of quite early on you were like uh, sort of dealing with celebrities, you were helping celebrities, and then you sort of move into a more sort of entrepreneurial area and discovered some things. I, I love your story, by the way, of the um, the company that said, oh, we, we just spent a million dollars on this content. Now we want to spend <laughs> another million seeing if we, if we can get it out of there. Where have I heard that one before? Um, and it's, then it sounds like you sort of took it back to the celeb. So I'm really interested in how you, because we don't, don't worry, listeners, we're getting onto the book and the process, but I'm just wondering how... I think you did allude to this, how your um, experience with entrepreneurs, especially in that second phase when you, when you were sort of going back to them, sort of um, spoke to, is that the right phrase, um, sort of um, led you to these processes that you're about to describe in the book? Yeah, so one of the key learning experiences that I took away from working with some of the largest celebrities in the world that really informed how I built my social audience 
goes back to my work with Taylor Swift. And it was really a truly eye-opening experience because what few people realize about Taylor Swift is that she grew her fan base one by one herself. Hmm. In the beginning, she didn't have a huge record label behind her. She didn't have millions of dollars of marketing budget. Is literally she was growing her fans one by one. And what made Taylor so effective is she understood the power and the value of fostering one-to-one communication with fans. She recognized that each time that she signed an autograph, each time that she responded to a comment online, each time that she took a photo with a fan, not only did that fan become a fan for life, but it came a brand advocate, somebody that was now willing to share Taylor's message, Taylor's music, Taylor's content with everybody they know. Yeah. And because this was happening at a time where social media profiles were becoming an intricate part of everyday teenager life, which is still today, and it's not just teenagers, it's everybody, everybody's on social and digital platforms, it was no longer that when somebody became excited about sharing Taylor's content or message that they were just telling three to five of their closest friends that they knew in person, they were now sharing it to their social profiles, reaching hundreds, thousands, in some cases, tens of thousands of people. So that with each brand advocate that she was building through this one-to-one communication, there was this exponential growth that was happening around her brand and around her content. And what I really took away from that and learned is the importance of getting people to share your content, share your, your message at the highest possible velocity. Yeah. In doing this by fostering a powerful communication and offering value to your current audience, to your, to your current customers, to the point that they want to share your message, share your content, share your brand with everybody that they know on their social platforms. So, Brendan, would it be possible to get into the nitty-gritty and give us uh, a, a few um, pointers on how we could generate one million followers? Yeah, so the first thing is, the book is about, the hook point is how I generated a million followers in 30 days. The first thing you got to ask yourself is, do you really need a million followers? Mm. Uh, because not everybody needs a million followers. Some people only need 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. So really focus on what is it that you need for your brand your business, your service, or whatever you're trying to build out there uh, for yourself. Uh, Then what I really used for my process of building a million followers is all about content testing and optimization. Content testing is the most critical portion of being successful on social and digital platforms. You can't just simply create one piece of content or create a, a piece of content over and over again in the same style and just expect it to work. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is they'll just constantly blindly keep creating content and not even measure the response of how people are responding to it and make decisions off that response that they're receiving. So the most important part of this is adapting an agile process of looking at creating content and not just creating content, but finding a way to measure the response of how people are responding to that so that you can then, based upon those responses that are coming back, and a response may be that nobody's responding to it, which is a clear indicator that you're not heading in the right direction, but taking that data, that feedback that's coming to you and making an informed decision on the next piece of content that you're creating and the next piece of content. Yeah. So that you're really getting into this process of creating content and understanding what's working, what's not working. Another area that I really advise people on is if you're just starting out, look at all of the competitors in your landscape. Or if you don't look at it from a competitive landscape, look at people that are reaching the audience that you want to speak to and really do a competitive analysis of what content's working for them. 
And I'm not necessarily saying copy their message, but more importantly, look at how they're packaging their content. How are they socially packaging it? Are they using meme cards? Are they using captions? How do they treat the first three seconds of their video? Are they using more video than image? If they are, what is the subject matter? What are the themes or stories they're covering? And then once you do all that competitive research and looking at the people that are having success, then you look at, well, how can I feed my message, my brand, my service into that? So in regards to how I generated a million followers in, in 30 days, I use this process, this agile process that includes three specific steps. The first step is setting the hypothesis. What is the content theme, format, or story that I best think represents my brand, my message, my service? And then once you have that hypothesis set, you, may, you quickly move to the testing phase where you create a low cost proof of concept of that hypothesis. And when I say low cost, I mean low cost. I don't want people spending thousands, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars on content until it's been proven to work. Mm. That can be as simple as putting a camera in front of your face. It could be as simple as using stock photos or videos or photos you've taken from uh, past shoots or whatever content that you have been producing that is very agile in terms of a cost perspective and a time perspective. Because you really want to quickly test and learn what's working. Yeah. And then once you've had that, that testing phase, the third phase is looking and measuring the data and, and analyzing, did it generate the intended response that we were looking for? If it didn't, then you start the process all over again. You set a new hypothesis, you test, and you pivot. And you do that over and over again until you find a hypothesis that holds true. And then from there, once you find one that works for you, then you can expand upon that and see if it scales. So I use that process every day over the course of 30 days. And the way that it looked like is every night at midnight, I would schedule a test of anywhere between 50 to 300 variations of content. And when I wake up in the morning, I would measure the results, see what worked and what didn't work in terms of following a brand that, that people had not been exposed to before. And then I would take those learnings to fuel the next set of tests at midnight and the next set and do that over and over again for 30 days. And at the end of 30 days, I had tested over 5,000 variations of content and I couldn't believe the numbers on my screen. Mm. I was able to connect with a million people, get a million people to follow my brand that they'd never been exposed to all over the world in a hundred different countries. And it wasn't that I hadn't seen big numbers before because I had seen them working with the biggest corporations, celebrities uh, on the planet. It was the fact that me, an individual sitting behind a desk, could connect with so many people in such a short period of time. So to me, it sounds a bit like um, an evolutionary approach. But I'm curious because you mentioned that you, I think, was it, was it 300 different variations uh, you mentioned? How do you find time to do that? Yeah, so the system that we devised allows you to scale a large amount of variations in a short period of time. So for myself, when I tested 5,000 variations to generate a million followers in 30 days, it sounds like such a huge number and a daunting task. Yeah. But we've broken it down into a very simple and easy to follow process. The first part of it you've got to understand is how we define what a variation is. So we say that there's five key elements to a variation. So the first element is the creative itself. So you have your video, you have your photo. We try and create as many versions of that as possible. So for the, the video we test, uh, having captions on the bottom, different meme cards that are burned into the top, the first three seconds versus the last three seconds. Mm. The second element of the variation is the headline description. How are you describing this piece of content? And we'll create as many versions or variations of the headline, even just changing a small little word we see uh, can have a huge difference in terms of the performance of the content. 
The third element of a variation is the demographic uh, element of who you're pushing it to. Are they males? Are they females? Are they a specific age group? The fourth element of a variation is the interest level. What are these people interested in? What are the products or services they buy? What are the movies and television they consume? What are their favorite musicians? What are the competitive products that they're buying uh, that we're trying to compete against? And then the fifth element of a variation is the geolocation. Where do these people live? And they can be pinpointed down to the specific zip code. So literally with these five elements of a variation, each one is interchangeable. So you can take one piece of content change out one element of a variation and scale one content to 10 variations, 30, 50. And that's where that real scale comes from because what we really believe in is is maximizing the potential of a piece of content because you can have a very strong message and it's just not resonating because it's not packaged properly or you're missing one specific element to really make it strike a chord with the people that you're trying to reach. So by taking one piece of content and testing as many variations of it, it allows you more chances to win, more chances to learn, to really figure out what it takes to get your audience to connect with your brand, connect with your service, or whatever it is you're trying to build. I see what you're saying there. So it's basically if you've got like N different different things that you can tweak, the combinations of all those N different things are going to be, well, hundreds really, aren't they? Yeah, so when you take one piece of content and and create as many variations of it, what I see is it gives you a learning experience to really learn, okay, when I take this piece of content and send it to males 18 to 34, they respond in this way versus females 35 to 50 years old. And that information, that feedback loop can be extremely valuable, especially for people starting from scratch and trying to understand who is the right audience for my product or service? Who is the right audience that I should really be tailoring my content to? And by segmenting each individual element into a test, whether that is the, the demographic information, the interest level, the geolocation, all those elements, it really tells you a lot about how your content's performing under certain circumstances and with certain audiences. So, Brenda, we talked about a lot today. If there was one, if you could, if you could uh, distill this down to one thing to think about for our listeners today who are trying to increase their followership, is that a real word? I'm not quite sure. What would it be? If I had one piece of advice to give people that are trying to maximize the potential of social and digital platforms, it's to be agile, to be agile in how you're producing content, how you're learning from content. Because most people starting out, it's going to take some time to figure out what is the right content theme, format, or story. And I see most people give up when they've tried one thing and it doesn't work. And then they automatically say, oh, Facebook doesn't work, or Instagram doesn't work, or social in general doesn't work for my business, for my product, or for my service. And really going into this process of, I'm really going to test as much as possible. I'm gonna try and learn as much as possible and do it in an agile way so I don't invest my my efforts, my time, my resources, or my money in one specific area and just burn myself out and get to a point where I just throw my hands up in the air and just, and just uh, quit. What you really wanna do is go in with this and say, you know what, it may take me 10 times, it may take me 50 times, it may take me 100 times, but I'm going to approach social and digital in a way where I'm going to constantly use this as a learning experience until I find something that really works for my brand, my product, or my service. Brendan Kane, thank you so much for coming on. How can our listeners find out more and uh, more about you and more about your book? 
Yeah, so the book is available on Amazon. It's One Million Followers, or you can go to OneMillionFollowers.com, and one is spelled spelled out. Uh, people can not, can connect with me, DM me directly on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you just type in my name, Brendan Kane, or people can email me directly. Uh, and my email is b uh, b as in boy at seekers s e a k e r s dot com. So that's b at seekers dot com spelled s e a k e r s dot com. Brilliant, and I'll make sure those go in the show notes as well. And I have checked; uh, your book is available in the UK, both in physical form and Kindle edition. For those of you that like to be all electronic and look at your books in a, on a Kindle. Well, thanks, Brendan, and thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes will be in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review. Uh, if you want to send suggestions or questions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. Well, that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Brendan. Thanks, guys. It was, uh, thanks for tuning in. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thanks, Brendan. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.